Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie, to see the amazing 222 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel back in the hot seat. Good morning. WhatsApp and text lines are open if you'd like to get in touch. 086 658. Let's kick things off with Blondie. There's Blondie. One way or another kicking us off this Thursday morning. Sinead Brazel here with you. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be back. I want to say thanks to Paul McKenna for sitting in yesterday and keeping the show on the road because I was... I was in a very swanky affair yesterday, I tell you. It was a little bit of a pinch-me moment yesterday. I um, was in the Law Society of Ireland in the President's Hall. I know, I know, very grand altogether. Um, but it was for the Justice Media Awards and um, it was lovely. It was a lovely day out. I was nominated in two categories. Didn't bring anything home, but my goodness me, the calibre of people that I was amongst was just outstanding, let me tell you. Not only uh, in terms of the legal uh, people that I came in contact with, but also um, those uh, people who work in media alongside myself as well in TV and radio and in print. My goodness me, some of the stories that they were covering were really just brilliant and they're doing tremendous work to keep this issue of kind of the law and the importance of different aspects of the law and what can be changed and what can be done and, you know, even just, you know, discussing the law in general in their work is just so, so important. So really it was... (laughs) I was sitting there going, I do feel like a little bit of an imposter. But it was great. It was really great. And um, there's something about when you you meet people that work in the same kind of area as you there's this kind of great camaraderie and sort of it's lovely and it's great to see how you know other people work and you know how they approach stories and different things like that so I learned a lot I really did learn a lot and it was lovely but we're back in action I missed I missed being here we're back in action uh, today and we have a lot to discuss on the show it is Thursday which means TV day and we have a great lineup uh, of TV recommendations for you we also will be chatting to Hazel Mullins I learn so much about farm animals from that lady let me tell you. Uh, Now we are talking about the kind of parasites again but she said that vets are on alert now for farmers because um, there's lungworm in cows around this time of the year. It does kind of get out of control so she has a lot of advice on that Uh, so we will be chatting to her. I'm really excited to chat to uh, David Goff, uh, the famous Mead referee. Uh, He is part of Super Value's 
Community Includes Everyone campaign and um, he has been very vocal about his own experience, you know, coming out as gay and, you know, he's such a huge support that he received and he wants to encourage more, you know, diversity and more people in sport coming out, more elite athletes as well coming out. So he's going to, he's got a lot to say about that and this very special campaign and how we, you know, in communities, in GAA clubs can create a more inclusive environment. So we're going to be chatting to him as well. So lots to get through and I am on my soapbox as well. I'll tell you about that, about another sort of unnecessary Ferrari that's happening online in relation to Emma Thompson. I'll get to that as well. But first, back to the music. Mumford and Sons, The Cave on LMFM's 11 to 1. Well, it seems that the internet particularly and it seems to be on lots of different publications online and in print at the moment um, there's another Ferrari it's all to do with Emma Thompson she sparked a bait online and it's all to do with a role in Matilda I'm going to tell you all about it after these 11 to 1 Another day, another Ferrari online about something completely ridiculous. I mean, I just think, you know, at this stage, we're living in a day and age where every single word uttered and every single action taken is scrutinised within an inch of its life. And it's causing such great offence to people. Now, Emma Thompson is being targeted and you're probably thinking, what on earth could the perfectly lovely Emma Thompson be doing to cause such offence? Well, it's all to do with her role in the remake of Matilda. So there's a headline uh, from this this morning that I found saying, uh, why on earth would they go with a skinny woman in a fat suit? Emma Thompson has sparked this debate over the fact that she wears a fat suit in the upcoming adaptation of Matilda. And seriously, even as I say it, my eyes are rolling. I just think this is the most ridiculous thing to be offended about. So can we just say the legendary actress. Now, you don't just put the word legend in front of any old actress or actor. She is a legend. She is at the, you know, peak of what it is to be an actor, acting with a capital A. She's got no room on her mantelpiece left. She's that many awards. She is the cream of the crop. She's probably one of the best uh, actors working in Hollywood today, right? So, Let's just put that out there first of all. So the trailer was released and, uh, you know, fans got the first look at this uh, anticipated film and uh, Emma Thompson is playing uh, Miss Trunchbull and she's sporting heavy prosthetics, right? Uh, so people are saying basically that, uh, you know, the actress wearing a suit to make her look larger and heavier than it actually is has caused a lot of upset. And on Good Morning Britain, uh, Queen Mojo, she's a plus size um uh, kind of body positive kind of uh, spokesperson. She's also a reality TV star. She says that uh, plus sized actors carry an energy that other actors can't bring to a role and that roles where the character is overweight should only be played by plus size actors. Now, can we just say, first of all, it's acting. She is pretending to be somebody else. Are we missing the point of what acting is all about? And secondly, Trunchbull is not fat at all. She's supposed to be built like a tank. And actually, I went to the bother of sourcing Roald Dahl's original words. And this is what he says, right? When in the description of Miss Trunchbull. 
Miss Trunchbull never walked. She always marched like a stormtrooper with long strides and arms swinging when she marched along a corridor. You could actually hear her snorting as she went. If a group of children happened to be in her path, she ploughed right on through them like a tank. Okay. Uh, he also says she'd once been a famous athlete and even now the muscles were still clearly in evidence. You could see them in the bull neck, in the big shoulders, in the thick arms, in the sinewy wrists and in the powerful legs. Now, nowhere anywhere there is the word fat uttered. Now, to me, the look of Emma Thompson, who's clearly in prosthetics, OK, uh, you know, this is to make her appear broad, built like a tank, not fat. She doesn't look fat to me at all in this image. She looks broad and kind of, uh, you know, this idea. She actually looks very like the the same kind of... Um, with as uh, the original uh, actress Pam, I can't think of her second name, who's the original actress uh, in the in the original Matilda. She's supposed to be this kind of uh, broad, athletic looking person, you know, and she's supposed to tower over the children. And, you know, the other thing that, you know, people may not have considered is, do people ever kind of think that maybe other actors who might be the right size to play Trunchbull were just not that good? You know, nowhere in the arguments online among people that this is causing great upset to, do they suggest another actress that could possibly take on this role? And just because you physically might look the part to play an iconic role like Trunchbull, well, you better have the talent to pull it off. Uh, Somebody wrote on Twitter and this just sums it up. Oh, can we just leave the actors to acting now? People are going to say we should have real serial killers playing serial killers in movies. And I have to agree, it's just so absurd. Should there be more diversity in roles on screen for different body shapes, types, ethnicities? Of course there should. But I really think people need to think about what they are attacking and what they are getting offended about. Emma Thompson in a fat suit, in prosthetics on her face as well, by the way, for Trunchbull is so far removed from, say, Gwyneth Paltrow in a fat suit for Shallow Hal, which is ridiculing people that are, are larger. As I said already, Emma Thompson, an incredibly award-winning actress who, judging from the trailer, will make a terrifying and brilliant trunchbull. She has the height, you know, as well, by the way. That's the other thing. So, wondering what your views are on this. It's a it's an area that a lot of people have a lot of views on. They're all offended by uh, Emma Thompson, who they're calling a skinny actress, which I wouldn't have said she was skinny. She's normal enough size. I don't think she's extremely skinny or anything like that. Is uh, playing Trunchbull in horror of horrors in a fat suit. Get me, get in touch with me. Let me know your views on this. Oh eight six one eight hundred. There's George Ezra, anyone for you on LMFM's 11 to 1. We're talking about, oh, the unnecessary Ferrari that's gone on the line about Emma Thompson in Shock of Shocks. She's, uh, you know, in a fat suit because she's portraying Trunchbull in the new Matilda movie. People getting in touch about this. Uh, You know, it's, like I said at the start, it's one of these things where I just feel now everything, everything is being scrutinised and what did she say and what's she doing and what's he doing and why are they doing it this way and let's have a big argument about it online and clickety-clickety-clack go the keyboard warriors as <laughs> David Finnegan agreeing with me here. He says, God, good woman, good morning Sinead. Uh, she's not only a great actress but a seriously good-looking woman. Keyboard warriors. Well, David, let me tell you she's <laughs> completely transformed now in this, I have to say. Uh, she does look absolutely terrifying as Trunchbull. So 
Sonia says, um, Sinead, you're so right. People have little to be given out about. Uh, the, the people who are finding fault with anything and everything, that is it. And, you know, I just feel like what age are we living in that we have little to be doing now to be given out about somebody in a fat suit playing a role in a movie. Um, Becca says, Sinead, I never thought Trunchbull was fat. She's broad and athletic and very, very tall. Yes, that is it. You know, and even in the uh, in the original movie, that's how she's portrayed. She's, you know, there, and also, by the way, there's camera trickery and angles as well to make her look even more taller to the kids and things. That's what it's all about. Matt says, Sinead, the role of the actor is to act, take on a person. If they uh, need to use prosthetics, so be it. It's all to do with the magic of cinema. Yes, I mean, the other way you could look at it is Emma Thompson played Nanny McPhee a couple of years back, filled with different uh, prosthetics to make her look, you know, older and let's say a little bit kind of a touch witch-like, let's say. When the children behave in that story, all of her, you know, things that make her look older, the wrinkles, the wonky teeth, the imperfections, let's say, all disappear and she becomes... Emma Thompson, as we, we, we know and love. Um, but, you know, there was no furore over that being ageist. You know what I mean? It goes back to that tweet about somebody saying, oh, sure, we should have serial killers playing serial killer roles in movies. Keep them coming in. What's your views on this? We just let her act, whether it's in a fat suit, prosthetics or not. Uh, you know, are there people out there who would consider themselves maybe, you know, in the plus size? Um, what is your views on this as well? 086 658 There's Bagatelle, Summer in Dublin on LMFM's 11 to 1. Want to dedicate that one to Paul and Matthew in Drogheda. You're one in a million. That's coming in from Rita and all on the Friday bus. Wanted to give a shout out to you. Also want to say hello to Jason Leinster, originally from Monaghan, but he's moved to New York. Thinking of you, that's coming in from Bernie and Anthony in Castle Bellingham. I, I love to get those requests as well, so do keep them coming in on 086 1800 658. Uh, going to get back to your messages very very shortly and also I have my TV recommendations on the way for you don't go anywhere 11 to 1 I'll get back to some of your messages very shortly keep them coming in on 086 1800 658 now it is a Thursday which means TV recommendations and I have a couple here for you to, uh, this one is kicking off tonight it's Crack Den as in the crack C-R-A-I-C uh, Crack Den Comedy Club it's starting tonight at 5 past 10 on Virgin Media 2 and then it'll be on the Virgin Media Player it's a brand new Laugh Out Loud series and uh, it's going to be hosted by comedians Eddie Malarkey and Damo Clark and it's filmed in Dublin's Tramline and it's going to fe- feature familiar and new faces in the world of comedy and it's going to run for five weeks with a double episode on the 21st of July which is leading up to Paddy Power's Laugh Your Pants Off Comedy Festival in the Ivy Garden. So you've got um, Emma Doran. She was actually in The Independent there recently. Um, she is brilliant and she has a great podcast series with her teenage daughter called Grounded. I love Emma Doran. I kind of discovered her during lockdown. She's some great videos and everything online. Anna Clifford, brilliant. Grace Malevy, Brian Gallagher, Keith Fox, Mike Morgan and plenty more. Joe Rooney, our own Joe Rooney's in there as well and many, many more. So it's starting tonight at five past ten. If you want a bit of comedy in your life, this is the one for you and it's on Virgin Media too. Now I just want to mention because it did happen earlier this week and I didn't get a chance to mention it but we were talking about it last week as well if you missed it Baz Ashmawi 
had a brilliant documentary on Monday night. It's on the RTE player and I strongly recommend that you seek it out. So Ireland's favourite mother and son, uh, he's there with his, his mother, Nancy. They're tackling the D word, as in death, in last orders. And uh, it's definitely got uh, the nation thinking and talking about this and talking hopefully to each other about death. Um, but like Baz, I would be very sort of fearful talking around death. I don't like to bring it up and I don't like to think of, you know, you know my parents being sick or, you know, any of this. And uh, he was really emotional throughout this entire thing and Nancy his mother was really kind of pushing him to talk about death um, it's a brilliant look it's like everything that you want really from these two it's funny it's lighthearted in places it's really kind of emotional you will have a lump, lump in your throat as well but I highly recommend it I mean I just love watching Baz on screen and particularly when he's with his mum as well so last orders it's on the player had to mention that today now getting to my second pick though Murders in the Building, it's back, starring Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez. And they play three strangers who share an obsession with true crime, but they suddenly find themselves wrapped up in one. When a grisly death occurs inside their exclusive Upper West Side apartment building, the trio suspects murder and employs their precise knowledge of true crime to investigate the truth. So they even set up a podcast along the way. But perhaps even more explosive are the lies that they tell each other. And they become uh, kind of entangled in this is so so funny like I mean Steve Martin Martin Short Selena Gomez the three of them together it works so well it's great chemistry you're kept kind of on the edge of your seat with each episode as well that's coming back to Disney and to Hulu uh, on June 28th I will give you a little taster of the second season of Murders in the Building all persons of interest in this case someone's trying to frame this this is going to be fine could be bad it's very rare for a true crime podcast to do a sequel. We have a real opportunity here. Does anyone else feel like there's still a couple of loose ends? Get a new hobby, as long as it doesn't land you in jail. Like knitting? We are looking for new evidence. You clearly know things that you're not sharing. Do you understand the definition of perjury? I know what perjury is. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. It really, really is. Can't recommend that enough. Murder, only murders in the building. It's coming back to, to Disney and Hulu on the 28th of June. Now, another one uh, for you, the last of my TV recommendations, uh, but Glastonbury is back and if you missed out on tickets and you'd love kind of the festival feel, BBC Two over the weekend uh, will be showcasing all of the best talent from Glastonbury uh, and of course you've got Paul McCartney doing his uh, 50th anniversary uh, show, you've got Billie Eilish being the youngest performer, so the biggest acts at the festival, so if you want that festival vibe without the mud, Glastonbury will have some great interviews, obviously the sets as well on BBC Two. It's starting each night from now uh, over the weekend uh, and it's BBC Two from 10pm and that's my top recommendations on the uh, TV for you. Uh, Do keep your messages coming in. I'll be coming back to those very, very shortly. But first, here's Madness. There's Madness. It must be love. Going back to the year 2016, Brexit popping up in the Northeast update. Uh, plus, I've got a chance for you to win tickets to Town races. That's all on the way. 11 to 1. 
LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 774455. On this day in 2016, it was the Brexit referendum. The UK votes to leave the EU. And today is Let It Go Day. Yes, you probably have a nagging regret or grudge that has tugged at your soul for months or years. Well, today is Let It Go Dale. It's all about letting go of those negative emotions and having no regrets and moving on. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie Competition time now and racing returns to the hill. Bellustown races are back and will run from Thursday, June 30th to Saturday, July 2nd. So three evenings of great racing on the hill. Exit Junction 7 off the M1. You can get your tickets from bellustownraces.ie and you can find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Stay in touch with them for updates. Would you like to go along? Well, I have a pair of tickets up for grabs. All you have to do is answer this question. Tell me which famous me, the jockey, one dancing with the stars last year. Which famous me, the jockey, one dancing with the stars last year. She was on this show so many times. You should know this. 86 658 for your answers. And you could be going along to Bellustown races. So which famous me, the jockey, one dancing with the stars are? Ah, they're all coming in. 86 658 Phil Linnett with Old Town on LMFM's 11 to 1. News at 12 is on the way. But still to come, me, the referee David Goff, joins me to discuss diversity and inclusion in the GAA. Plus, Hazel Mullins, our vet, is back with more advice in Vets and Their Pets. 11 to 1. There's Dua Lipa, Don't Start Now on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. You can get in touch on 086-1800-658. And a little bit earlier on, we were talking about another Ferrari that's happened online. Something completely ridiculous, if you ask me. Emma Thompson has sparked debate over the fact that she's wearing a fat suit in the upcoming adaptation of Matilda. And... I was saying basically that Trunchbull is not fat. She's built like a tank is basically how uh, Roald Dahl describes her. She's very athletic. She has, you know, um, broad shoulders, all this kind of stuff. And people are going mad because they're kind of saying that, um, you know, could they not have found somebody that was the size of Trunchbull? Um, but they seem to be very het up over the fact that it's, you know, a fat suit. Um, now, I'd imagine, you know, a fat suit is the, only the name that's put on this particular, you know, prosthetics. I wonder if it was called a broad suit or uh, and a suit that will make you look um, more athletic looking. Would this be all right? I don't know. Anyway, our lovely film review click critic Niall O'Brien has weighed in on this. Uh, he says it's Pam Ferris. I couldn't think. <laughs> I knew he'd know the name. I couldn't think of the actress who played the role in the original movie. Uh, Pam Ferris, he says, I don't know why they insisted on making this version of the character look like Pam Ferris. Maybe it's to do with the stage show. She'll do a great job anyway, but it's hard for actors who don't conform to the Hollywood body standard, especially when you have the likes of Colin Farrell donning prosthetics and again doing a great job to play a larger character. But he's saying, where's today's Kathy Bates? So he brings up a couple of points there, right? Um, yes, I hear what you're saying, you know, in terms of not conforming to the Hollywood body standard. But, you know... 
like we don't know the audition process with this like I said earlier on just because you have the physical size you may not be good for the role also let's put it out there you want a major star in a movie like Matilda so you got Emma Thompson there I think she's going to do a great job nobody's going to you know doubt her acting ability when it comes to the likes of this role plus the trailer you know she looks great um, in terms of Colin Farrell and again it's prosthetics for, for Penguin um, not only just on, on, on his overall body but his face as well to play this larger character again you know does it just come down to the right person for the role and let's help them get further into the character by appearing to be larger than they actually are I don't know what the process with all this is Uh, somebody else saying what about Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's trilogy? As you said, Keyboard Warriors. Now, that's a whole other different kettle of fish. Tommy Larkin, uh, in terms of Martin Lawrence, there's many problems that I have with that, let's be honest. I don't think you could make Big Mama's house today, could you? I don't think you could. Lots wrong with that. But I see what you're saying in terms of the Keyboard Warriors. What do you make of it? Is it a case of just let the person act? Oh my God. Is it a big fuss over nothing? Or... Is there a lot to be said about maybe, you know, Hollywood's approach to, you know, depicting larger people on the screen? 086-1800-658 if you'd like to get in touch. Now for some more celeb news. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Louise. A new documentary is coming our way about the rise of Lil Baby. The film follows the rapper's journey from local Atlanta hustler to one of hip-hop's biggest stars. Untrapped is due out in August. I don't just have that father-son relationship that I would want. Or I feel like that I should have had. My son asked me stuff like that. You used to do this with your dad and my answer's like, no. I really want him to understand that. Like, everybody don't be having that growing up. I the Bad Guys is out now on home media. It features the voices of Aquafina, who plays Tarantula. She says she had a blast with the character. She's kind of like a criminal IT guy, if you will. It's fun to play a character that like knows what she's doing at all times and kind of saves the day in a way. So Tarantula's pretty badass, but also like kind of admirable. Saturday star Molly Kings announced she's pregnant with her first child. The singer shared a black and white photo of her fiancé Stuart Broad kissing her baby bump. The pair have been dating since 2012 and announced their engagement in January last year. Austin Butler stars as Elvis in Baz Luhrmann's new movie, which is out in cinemas this Friday. It explores the life and music of the late king of rock and roll. Austin told us he now owns a guitar similar to the one on the poster. I didn't I didn't purchase it for myself, but somebody very close to me uh, as a gift bought me the same guitar. Wow. It's, it's, a, it's a 1965 and, and, and it's unbelievable. That's so that's, it's such a pretty guitar. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Oh, so looking forward to the Elvis picture coming out this Friday. No doubt we'll have all of the news and goss and everything else to do with movies and cinema releases with Niall O'Brien on tomorrow's show. Now back to today. Here's Marvin Gaye. Now we're going to be returning to our regular vets and their pet series in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic in Beachmount Home Park, Navin. Hazel is going to be with us and... um, she's going to be focusing specifically on lungworm which is an an issue in cattle and farmers need to be on alert for this at the moment at this time of the year in terms of the summer and our weather and everything else Hazel be with us after these The LMFM Vets and their Pet Series Brought to you by Highfield Veterinary Navin Watch out for their new 
state-of-the-art pet hospital. Opening soon in Beachmount Home Park, Navin. For appointments, call 046 9022 It's time to return to our regular vets and their pet series in association with Highfield Veterinary Clinic, Beachmount Home Park in Navin. And we have our vet Hazel Mullen on the line. And this week we're focusing on farm animals once again with cows. And there's lots of cases of lungworm about. How are you getting on, Hazel? I'm great, Sinead. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Good. It's always a necessary evil, but I do hate when it's parasite-related. I know, and I know a lot of my talks are parasite-related, but it is, I think it just comes with the territory of farm animal medicine. um, and, And unfortunately, that lungworm is one of these things that creeps up. And as I say, I try to keep these talks as topical as I can at the time of year. Even this is probably maybe even slightly early, maybe for some farmers, but... I know I've we've come across in practice a couple of cases of early lungworm and I just want to get the message out there, you know, obviously prevention and, you know, early diagnosis, you know, early intervention as well is probably key with lungworm. So for anyone that doesn't know, lungworm is an um, unusual parasite. It is a parasite that um, they pick up on the grass, but unlike other parasites, um, they um, don't pick up the eggs, they pick up the larvae on the on the pasture. So it's an unusual one. And then they, uh, the larvae goes down into their stomach and then develops into an adult worm. And then they actually um, cough up those worms and then they end up back into the lungs. Um, okay. So, they, so it, it, it migrates through, the larvae migrate through the lungs and cause damage to the lungs. So a lot of damage is actually done by the larval stage, not the adult stage. So this is why maybe diagnosis can be a little bit, we can talk about that now in a minute, but it, it, it can be quite serious. You, I don't know if people are, you know, out walking or, you know, farmers as well, they'll hear this very distinctive kind of dry cough, like a, like a, like a hacking cough. And it, it won't be just one animal. There'll be a couple of animals or, or lots of animals in the herd that are doing it at the one time. And, um, Generally, then, if it's not treated, it can progress to secondary pneumonias and then it can can be quite serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, do you actually hear the cow coughing? But you do. I've I've never heard a cow cough before. So there you go. And like, why is it kind of common around this time of the year? Is there particular factors at play in terms of weather and things like that? Yeah, so lungworm is very sensitive to our Irish weather and it loves it. And this is why lungworm, if you go around other parts of Europe, they look at you and they're like, lungworm, like that's some foreign, you know, and it's actually because of our weather, lungworm can thrive really well in Irish climate. So basically it loves like the damp, it loves, um, and then if in the summertime, um, when it's, when it's, when we have a nice spell of dry weather. I was going to say when. <laughs> yeah, when we have a nice spell of dry weather, this is when it can get quite serious because the the larvae are in the dung paths of the of the cows and they live in there and then um this spore this fungal spore i always found this very interesting in, in university this little fungus um grows on the cow paths and they uh, it's called pilobolus and it was one of these kind of multiple choice questions in in college that it was always like okay lungworm pilobolus fungal spores so basically the larvae climb up this little spore and when the rain comes after a dry spell, the rain, you know, pelts down mm-hmm. and it causes the spore to um, fly up in the air and it has the, the larvae on it. And then it, it spreads the larvae onto the nice grass. So when, when a cow um, dungs, you know, on the grass, that grass, actually, the pH of it can change and it can become quite untasty. 
So actually the grass further away is much more tasty. So these, this lungworm is very clever. It, it attaches to the spore and when the rain comes after a dry spell, it, it flies up into the air and goes into the nice grass that the cattle like to eat. Oh, so it's okay. very clever. So parasites, I don't know, you know, in college, it, they can be quite boring, but some, actually they're, 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 they, they use their resources very well. Oh, no, and, they do. They mm, really do. And yeah. like, I have to agree with you there now, because I, I only did like a little bit here and there in biology in school, but they, you're, you're so right, because you're thinking, mm. how on earth does this little thing survive? Oh, they find ways. They really they do. do. And as yeah. you say, the climate, so like, I mean, I mean, God, it's rich and rain and damp and dull and everything else for, for yeah. them. So they're, so they're, it's perfect for them. Um, mm-hmm. Now, does this affect one particular breed of cow or is this all breeds being sustained? Susceptible to this? No, unfortunately, all breeds are susceptible. I suppose um, the beef cow, the beef, the beef breeds, because they're, um, I suppose, continuously, uh, you know, getting exposure. They, they, it's probably more of a dairy mm-hmm. issue. But no, all animals are exposed, and because immune, the immunity, so they, when they are exposed, they, they do develop immunity. So when the adult develops, um, they, they do develop immunity to the adult, and that can last for two years. But unfortunately, to the larvae, that immunity only lasts for six months. Okay. So if you think a, a cow or a, a, an animal could be inside in the sheds for up to six, you know, for four, four if it's a bad winter, five months, and then they go out and, it, you know, the weather conditions aren't, you know, warm enough for the parasite for another couple of months maybe, and they're not exposed to it until maybe the early summer, midsummer, and then all of a sudden their immunity to the larvae is gone. Okay. So that that's when they can get this. This is because there's no no animal really is completely immune to it. So it can happen. And look, younger animals will be a bit more susceptible because they they haven't been have as much exposure to the to the parasite. So coughing calves is a big issue. Coughing cows as well. So. It really is a, a very topical thing now at this time of year just to keep yeah, an eye out for. Absolutely. So, you know, we always talk about this in terms of, you know, prevention is better than cure. Is this a case of farmers being keeping a good eye on vaccinations and doses? Now, there is a vaccine available. And, you know, because um, prescription, the anti-parasites are going to be going to prescription only um, from December onwards this year um, and you know, we will have to look at other ways of, you know, maybe reducing our use of, of antiparasitics on farms. So the vaccination, unfortunately, the vaccine sometimes has, you know, we, they need to be inside for a period of time. They can't be out on pasture. Um, it, it has to be given at a certain time. So sometimes it doesn't fit into our Irish seasonal system. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something definitely in the future that, you know, it's great that we do have a vaccine for lungworm. I think early intervention with lungworm is important. So unfortunately, because the larvae cause the issue, sometimes, you know, like doing a fecal egg count the way we would with stomach worms doesn't always bring up, show up these larvae in, in the in the feces. So we, we do have to just be very careful and treat um, early. Okay. That's the main thing. So clinical signs, farm history, time of year, common things are common. So if you've got a group of coughing calves, and it is this time of year, you know, it, it more than likely is lungworm. And it is uh, diagnosed then by, you know, if it's, if it's not lungworm, maybe go on then and do some swabs and make sure it's not a virus, etc. So it's, it's okay. yeah. Process of elimination there. Process and elimination. Uh, you mentioned the coughing. Is there any other signs or symptoms people can look out for with regards to this? 
No, uh, well, coughing would really be, be the, the number one. one, and then probably secondary pneumonias. They can, you know, get get you know snotty noses and mm-hmm. things, but it's that it's that coughing, and sometimes the coughing is so bad that the, you'll see their tongues, you know, trying to get air in, and they'll stretch out their they'll stretch out their heads trying to get as much oxygen in as possible. Um, so, yeah, no, the coughing is the main the main symptom. OK, so if a farmer has noticed this in the herd, what can he do straight away to control the outbreak and what treatment is available? So I think maybe a, a phone call to the vet is probably a good, a good first step, just explaining the signs and, you know, the time of year and we'll, we'll try and work out whether it is, it is a possible lungworm outbreak. And then you'll work with your vet then to organise a kind of a worming protocol for those animals and pick out the most appropriate wormer for that farm. Maybe they've wormed with something else previously for for stomach worms and maybe they need to change the class of wormer. So just making sure that we're doing everything to reduce resistance and picking out the right wormers um, at the right time of year. Perfect. And is there anything else then hazel farmers should take on board when it comes to lungworm? I think the main thing really is early intervention mm. and making sure that you know the first signs of coughing you know that they're not waiting to make to see if it's getting any worse and making sure that they are ringing the vet and saying that there is an issue on the farm because it can get out of hand very quickly and then we don't want it to progress into secondary pneumonias absolutely as you mentioned they're very very serious hazel as always thank you all so much for that great advice we'll talk to you again soon thank you so much Nate. bye Highfield.ie if you want to find more information. Also, if you have a question about your pet that you'd like Hazel to answer, please do get in touch with me either on 086-1800-658 or you can email me info at lmfm.ie. Going to take a quick break and we're back with the killers. 11 to 1. I have tickets for Bellius Town Racing up for grabs. Details on the way for how you can get your hands on those. But first, here's the killers. Another chance for you to win as racing returns to the hill. Yes, it does. The Ballystown races are back. They're going to run from Thursday, June 30th to Saturday, July 2nd. Three evenings of great racing on the hill. Exit Junction 7 off the M1. You can get your tickets from ballystownraces.ie and you can find Ballystown Races on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can stay updated with them there. Would you like to go along? I have a pair of tickets up for grabs. All you have to do is answer this very simple question. Tell me which famous me the jockey won Dancing with the Stars last year. Uh, the last series is really what I mean, sorry. The last series. Uh, 086-1800-658. Lots of people getting it right. I had her on the show many times. That's a clue for you there. Very, very easy. If you'd like to go along, last call for those tickets. 086-1800-658. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Now look to the jobs today. Loud Phase, the gentleman's barber shop have full and part-time positions available for fully qualified barbers. Apply to loudfades at gmail.com. So that's L-O-U-D-F-A-D-E-S at gmail.com. Bakehouse Cafe at the Home Bakery requires a day chef in the Dundalk area. Please apply to jobs at thehomebakery.ie. Sky Handling Partner Dublin Airport are recruiting bus drivers with full D driver's licence required. You can apply to jobs at shp.ie. Modern Fashions requires a part-time retail assistant position. To apply, please send your CV to info at modernfashions.ie. 
And Gilmore's Kings Court, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan and Fuso truck dealers are hiring car and commercial technicians. Please email your CV to ptully at gilmores.ie and don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found in our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search Orin and Anne-Marie with Everywhere. Stars from across the world of Gaelic Games came together in Croke Park to launch Super Values Community Includes Everyone campaign. I'm going to be finding out more about this with one of the stars of this year's campaign. Me, GAA referee David Goff is going to be joining me for a chat after these. 11 to 1. Stars from across the world of Gaelic Games came together in Croke Park to launch Super Values Community Includes Everyone campaign. It's in the 13th year of supporting the GAA All-Ireland Senior Football Championship. So Super Values once again calling on each and every member of the GAA communities across the country to do what you can to make their community more diverse and inclusive. And one of the stars involved in this year's campaign is Meath GAA referee David Goff, who joins me on the line. How are you doing, David? I'm very well and you, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's great to have you and it's great to be talking about such a positive campaign. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about yourself because it's so hard for anybody to come out, I think, at any age and particularly for somebody like yourself who's in the public sphere, you know, it's even more difficult. So what made you take that step? Tell us a little bit about your experience of it as well. It's a a very difficult decision uh, to come to and I suppose most of your listeners today will never have ever had to talk about their sexuality either privately or publicly before or ever had um, the need to to come out. So it it is kept to a very small uh, number in the community and it's sometimes often misunderstood. And with my own personal experiences, um, I just found that at at my age I was unhappy Um, with where I was in my life. I knew that I was gay, but I knew nobody else knew about it. And I felt kind of a force inside me that left me unhappy as a a human being. And that's not not a good place to be. Um, I didn't, you know, find my work enjoyable anymore, my sport enjoyable anymore. Everything was was becoming an issue. And it was all because of my struggles with with, with my sexuality. It's a very difficult process to go through because you strip back all those layers from you to try and find out who you really are. And the frightening thing is maybe you're not going to like who, 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 who you find at, at the mm. core and you, you start to rebuild yourself and build up the confidence and try and build up the courage to take that kind of step um, to telling your, your nearest and dearest that, that you are gay and that hoping that at some stage that, that, that force that's in your heart is going to, that's going to change and that, that you're going to become a, a happy and, and, and vibrant and full human being again. You put it so well, David, you really do. And like you really rightly said, and I don't think an awful lot of people would kind of um, think of this aspect of it, but will I actually like myself is a huge thing because we're so influenced by outside sources about society, about what society deems to be right or normal in inverted commas or whatever. So that's really, really important as well to share that. And, you know, is there a presumption still there then, particularly I'm going to say maybe with male players um, in terms of coming out, do people think, you know, oh, I'm going to be treated differently if I come out. Is there a fear that people might think less of them, like that I might, you know, that my sexuality is going to tarnish how people perceive me as a, as a player? Yeah, and you've hit the nail on the head completely there with, with what you have said. There is this fear, albeit now that I understand an irrational fear, that the one thing you want 
because of, of, of coming out would be inclusivity, but the fear is that you're going to receive the exact opposite, which would be excluded, excluded from, from, from uh, the community that you exist in. So like that, within, we're talking about male sports in the dressing room community. You know, they're your friends, they're your people you grew up with, you're playing sports with all your life. Are they now going to be the ones that exclude you because you feel albeit irrationally, that they're not going to accept who you are, that they're not going to be happy with your sexuality. When really what happens is um, they're every bit as happy for mm. you as they are for anyone else making yes. a, a decision in their own lives. They're hugely supportive. Um, they want to know a little bit more about your life. They want to know about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what are trigger words for you mm-hmm. and, and how they can best approach you and make an environment safe and comfortable for you to exist in. And that's all they really want. They only want you to be happy. That's great. And I know you've had a huge outpouring of support yourself. Now, I, I have a young son and he started off in the GAA and uh, it's something that um, I absolutely love taking to him uh, somebody that's not interested in sport might I add at all David myself uh, but I adore bringing him to the to the games and to the training every Saturday and what I've noticed is this huge sense of community of welcoming among the GAA and this is where this great campaign that Super Value are involved in comes along Community Includes Everyone campaign we need more campaigns like this we need more sort of inclusion and diversity amongst the GAA Absolutely. And, and, and I would say very honestly that this was an easy sell for me. I was delighted to be brought on board and as, as an ambassador for, for the Community Includes Everyone campaign. It's, it's my second year involved at Super Value. And I honestly believe that because of the visibility I have within Gaelic Games, um, that, that I do have the opportunity to affect change maybe in the Gaelic Games community but because I'm a member of the LGBT community as well and that I happily exist and represent both in harmony and it's great to see someone like Super Value because they have store stores all across the country like GA have clubs all across the country the Super Value is embedded in every community across Ireland and they're working so hard to raise awareness of the importance of inclusivity and diversity in both Gaelic Games and in communities in general but because I'm a member of the LGBT community I do have that ability to affect change and we do need more role models and more visibility for those role models to support young people in their decisions to to reveal who they essentially are as human beings Absolutely and you know you mentioned as well there you know discussing you know the the sexuality openly maybe among your colleagues and teammates and that kind of thing you mentioned trigger words which is hugely a big big issue and one of the things that I find that a lot of people um, kind of struggle around with and we we explored this last year for Pride as well was to to do with terminology you know uh, pronoun use for example um, or even this can be applied as well to you know people with different ethnic backgrounds or different gender or sexuality as well so is it a case that maybe clubs need to reach out to the likes of yourself or maybe LGBTQ organisations could come and talk to the club about maybe terminology and, and education around that? That, that that facility is there for them through the diversity inclusion officer that's a full-time role now in, in, in inside in Croke Park within the GAA. I mean, Jeremy McTavish is the first 
ever diversity and inclusion officer in any national sporting body in the country. And I'm so proud to say that the GA were the ones who, who, who started this conversation with the, within sport and, and, and set up that, 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 that role uh, to be filled inside the association. But it is an education piece. There is ignorance um, mm. around the language that's needed um, to make fee- people feel, feel comfortable. And you rightly said it's not just LGBT. It could be sectarian. It could be racist. It could be tr- related to the traveller community. It could yeah. be disability, whatever it is. And I would be ignorant. I would, I, I would openly say, you know, I, 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 I talk about, you know, a rule within the GA that, that, that states you can't use sectarian language. Well, does David Goff actually know what sectarian language is mm. or what words pertain to that? And I don't. And it's all around in education. So I'm often not offended by people if they don't know the right terminology. But equally, I wouldn't be afraid to ask. And people shouldn't be afraid to ask me either. So, David, what then would you like people to take on board with regards to this? What on a practical level can we do in clubs around uh, the northeast region? Well, simple things might be um, signing up to create uh, the football fund for all team, which is involved with with, with clubs and um, rolls out through through the GA and Crow Park. Maybe identifying a diversity and inclusion officer in your club. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's to do with um, um, disability, maybe installing an access ramp into the clubhouse or creating better disability access to the pitch. Um, I know um, uh, running events and, and, and different things that work during Pride Month. Maybe you're flying a pride flag. Yes. They're simple things. That's so but simple, you just need so to effective. Identify yeah. someone in the club and say, what would make you feel more welcome here? Mm. And it's a simple thing. You're just asking. You might not be able to deliver on it, but at least you're asking and acknowledging the fact that, it, you know, this might be a difficult space for you to come. How can we make it easier? And it goes a long way, as you say, even that, just that acknowledgement. David, it's been really, really eye-opening chatting to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. Thanks a million. David Goff there. If you want more information on uh, Super Value's Community Includes Everyone campaign, you can keep up to date. Follow Super Value across Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. That is our lot on the show for today. But I can say that Belinda McCartan, uh, you were getting the tickets to Bellustown races. It was, of course, Nina Carberry was the answer to our question. Don't worry, we'll have another set of tickets to give away on tomorrow's show. That is our lot. Have a great day. Stay tuned for Jerry Kelly's On The Way at Half One. 11 to 1. With Gilmore's Mercedes Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie, to see the amazing 222 range of Mercedes Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. L-M.